your favorite toy truck nerds are back. Welcome to That Scale RC Show. Hey guys, what's up and welcome back to this week's episode of That Scale RC Show, episode number 73. I'm your host, Adam, along with Jay and Travis. Uh, what's up, guys? Much. How's it going, man? Oh, you know, just living the dream. Right on. That is good to hear. So, yep. Um, nothing too crazy um i don't know if you've seen but um scale metal supplies is actually working on i believe actually hmm. did he post about that because i don't i can't remember i don't want to say something i'm not supposed to say are you lying to people already i might be man i know i'm horrible and give me a second scale metal supplies Never mind. I don't think I can talk about him yet. I saw oh. some post that he had him in there. Or was I wrong? If I had to yep. guess, I would say you might be wrong. Mm, apparently I'm wrong. He's got some things coming, though, so let's just put it that way. Or no, he did have a post. No, never mind. <laughs> I found the post I was looking for. He's talking about... He's talking about the the rear trusses for the element, but um, I thought something else was in it, so I'm not going to spill the beans. <laughs> uh, just reminds me of a that's really old movie. <laughs> that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Do you remember Corky Romano? That movie? Did you ever see that, Adam? No, I haven't. Uh, I mean, I've heard of it. I just haven't seen it. Okay, never mind that. <laughs> so sorry. good. King of the Hammers is this week. That's right. With all the craziness going on, it kind of gets like foreshadowed. Yeah. There, so there's a dude who I had just met him through Facebook, just, you know, with like the scale RC crowd, but his name is Brandon Sloan. And he, I think he was like a friend of Rodney's or something because he works at Yoda Masters. That was to say, that name sounds really familiar. Yeah. So he works at Yoda Masters and he's got this um, first gen forerunner that, he's had forever and it's his daily and the thing is just a, a beast it's got either 40 or 42 inch uh, bfg bajas on it and he's built this thing over the course of a couple of years and it started to gather some attention by some people and everything and so this year he decided he's gonna take his daily which is like he you couldn't drive that thing up here. I don't know how he gets away with driving it around in California, but he's going to take his, his forerunner that he's now made a race truck, you know, with like fuel cell and a rear cage and spare tire and bedsides and all this stuff, like totally race prepped and ready for either 4,600 or 4,500 class. I forget um, 
He's I think he's racing the stock class. But anyhow, Friday, he's going to drive it to King of the Hammers, race it, and then try and drive it home. Wow. Which is going to be pretty cool. So, like, there's a, quite a few companies have, like, pitched in to help. Like, PRP Seat sponsored him. And, like, he's – it's pretty cool. He's sort of, like, the working-class hero of – ultra four right now so it's going to be kind of cool to watch how all that goes down for him but i was talking yeah. to him and i said you know hey you know when you're done you know get back next week and everything it's like we should really have you on the show and i was thinking what it'd be good is like just hear about his experience and then hear about like how into rc he actually is you know and then kind of pick his brain as far as like a lot of the comparisons people make to set up and trying to say that it, you know, mirrors what happens in the one-to-one -one world. So it'd be just kind of interesting conversation to hear his take on all that. Yeah, no, and it'd actually be pretty cool also to get like some feedback and um, whatchamacallit, um, you know, like kind of like hear his like race report from King of the Hammers. Yeah, exactly. Like he's going to have a pretty rad experience to talk about. I, I really, really hope he pulls it off. That would be sick to just show up, drive there, race what you drove, drive it back home, see if it'll survive. But he's done a really nice job on this thing. Like it, it looks super good. So and like the spare lifts up and there's storage under the spare and everything. Like the back end of it really looks kind of pre-runner-ish uh, aside from the fact that it's not, you know, linked or anything as on leaves. You said Brandon Sloan? Yeah. On Instagram, he goes by oh. Sloaner Boner. What an awesome name. I know. It. <laughs> but yeah, cool dude. It'll be neat to kind of hear how his little adventure goes and everything. So pretty cool. It's neat seeing like all the race teams and stuff getting set up and everything. I've been kind of just watching on social media and stuff when they're posting and like Campbell Enterprises is there with their massive setup. And I guess Shannon Campbell's got some new rig he's going to race and uh, it's going to be cool. It'll be neat to see how big the uh, trophy truck class grows this year. Yeah. And like see who it attracts and stuff. Because from what I understand, I don't think BJ Baldwin's racing. But I'm assuming like Bryce Menzies, a bunch of those other guys are going to. Hmm. So that's going to be pretty cool. What do we have in the way of news? There's really not a lot well, of news this week, was there? Like I said, I was gonna I was gonna spill it, but it's not news yet. So Sendero HD. Oh yes, duh. Thanks. <laughs> Yeah, everybody is super bummed out. They discontinued the Sendero, and then they got hoodwinked by Element, and they came out with a red one with a flatbed on it and, like, a barn, so you got, like, a farm truck set up. Pretty cool. Hmm. Jonathan Schultz, uh, I might be a little late to the party. The 25th was on Monday. Uh, he just posted, or that's popping up in my feed. Uh, sad news to hear the passing of Ty Owings. Yeah, that sucks. That was a real bummer. Um, that name sounds familiar. He, I forget the name. Um, I met him on Instagram. He, he was like one of the first RC accounts I followed when I made my Instagram like oh, six years ago, six or seven years ago. Uh, he was a he raced down in in California, um, and I think he was relatively close to my age. And yeah, I got in a car crash over the weekend and oh, passed no. away. So. 
That's terrible. Yeah, so definitely uh, thoughts out to that family and, and everyone who knew him. And that was yeah, definitely not, not great news to start the week. And he was a just really just awesome, like one of the rare, like positive people in RC that just loved it and loved being in it and always had good stuff to say and was always happy. So, yeah. But, yeah. Lame. That's too bad. That is too bad, so... Uh, Proline lost their painter not too long ago. Uh, uh, well, so he, he had been around a long time. Um, I wasn't all that, um, knowledgeable on him. The guys that had been around a long time. Uh, cause I think he's, I think he used to be a pretty decent piece of HPI back in the day and for then various companies. And so, um, his name is blanking out on me because I can't think of the I can't think of it now because it's been a couple weeks. But um, it wasn't like Carlos or something. No, I, I have to look. Not the one who did all those those videos not too long ago on YouTube, was it? No, no. I, I think, think he had been semi-retired by this point. I my I have like a total lack of knowledge as far as what this guy did. He wasn't the dude that started Protoform, right? No, no, no. That was, uh, we interviewed, when we interviewed Eric Epp uh, on Trackwalk, uh, his dad started Protoform. Okay, gotcha. Crazy. So, I'm scrolling through. One sec. Why Trav's looking, you know, it's a really good Instagram account to follow. Is uh, he's a photographer? His name's Larry Chen. He just specializes in motorsports photography. Awesome account to follow. See, so he, he covers like off-road racing, track days, like all kinds of cool stuff. So, road racing stuff. Nice. Let's we'll check him out. Yeah, his. his pictures are incredible king of the streets is getting closer yeah that's always going to be interesting to see how that's going to go down somebody came out with a uh, like 90s Camaro body not too long ago too that was kind of crazy looking Oh, I'm having the worst time finding this. Chris Trudeau would know. He'll comment well, next week because I won't be able to, I probably won't be able to find this. So Chris Trudeau will know exactly who I'm looking for. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, I was going to say your feed might be a little different than what mine looks like right now. And I, and I hate going down this road, but um, I was involved in some, lovely facebook drama today uh it's still currently going on so it's actually making it quite obnoxious trying to like find stuff going on and all you see is just more people commenting let's just put it this way yeah the threads at uh we have now reached 586 comments good lord that's okay so my question is 
do you not like you know like like and don't take this the wrong way do you not have a job do you not have a career where you're able to you know like not be on facebook all day like <laughs> i took i took the time out of my day working to just try to kind of like you know, smooth things over because apparently somebody got really upset. Um, and it's like that didn't even phase anything. That was like spitting on a fire. It did nothing. I was like, well, this is out of hand. And I mean, it's just, yeah. But, you know, I, I'm not going to name drop any names because um, if you guys know, you know. But uh, basically, there's a guy who, CNC's his own wheels and he puts them up for sale and that's kind of how he runs his business. He, um, you know, he got burnt out years ago making orders for people because he said it was just too trying to keep up with the masses. He said it was just too much. It was just too hard for him to just keep coming out with, you know, like, Oh, okay. Like six people in one week will hit him up. And he's like, I don't even have the time. So people are getting upset with the wait times waiting for wheels. So he decided to do, I'm just going to make them when I make them. I'll throw them up for sale when I throw them up for sale. First come, first serve. And that's kind of how he's been doing business since. So um, he put up a set of wheels this morning, um, and I happened to see that post. So I know him. So I sent him a message and said, hey, you know, are those wheels still available? And he goes, oh, are you interested? And I said, yeah. And he goes, all right, I'll send the money, and they're yours. And I said, okay. So paypal him, you know, didn't really think too much of it at the time and went about my day. I'm at work and I'm getting messages from like a handful of friends that, you know, are screenshots of, you know, this guy getting hammered on Facebook. And the best part about it is he doesn't have a Facebook for his RC. He's got his personal Facebook that he like stays in touch with his family and his close friends. But he doesn't like the RC drama, so he only sticks to Instagram. And basically, it's this guy, the guy who I guess thinks he had the first comment and whatever, so he thought the wheels were his, made this whole this whole post surrounded about around this idea that because he commented on the post, mine didn't even ask, are they available? Do you still have them? Didn't you know, well, to my knowledge, message him, you know, you just write a comment, mine, and assume they're yours, you know, that's, you know, kind of like, you're bad, you should, you know, kind of follow up. That's why I always ask, are these still available? Because you can't just assume something's available, even especially with the way this guy sells these wheels. It's hard to, you know, um, be on at the right time and catch it. You know, you just got to be one of those lucky ones that happen to see the post right when it happens and, you know, jump on it. So basically he posted this post up and it turned into a total bash fest. And I don't care what anybody says, you know, Oh, this is a, this is a review on somebody's business. You know, we need to do this so people know what they're dealing with when they're doing business with this person and blah, 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 blah. And the funny thing is, is you always kind of see the same pattern. The people that are complaining are the ones who never were able to purchase said wheels. 
So they automatically are already bitter because they've never been able to get it. And, you know, I am buddies with this guy, but at the same time, I myself have missed out within seconds to minutes to a half hour, you know, and, you know, it is what it is. But by the way, this logic is going, it's like, that means I should be getting on Facebook and making a post saying, you know, poor me, I missed out. And, you know, I can't believe this is how this guy does business, you know? And it's just like, we've said it numerous times on the show. I don't understand what the whole purpose of getting online or like on Facebook and airing out your dirty laundry like this, what this accomplishes. Like it really, in my opinion, accomplishes nothing. I mean, the story has been misconstrued so many times that there's people thinking this was a giveaway or a contest and this guy didn't get his prize winnings or what he won in the raffle because somebody else came over and paid for it. It's like it's been so twisted because you it's like playing the game of telephone, especially, like I said, with over 580-something comments. You know, it's changed hands 25 times. And it, I don't want to beat a dead horse, but it's like at what point do you, people need to realize it's time to, you know, move on. You win some, you lose some. It's, you know, unfortunately, it's the way it is. I've been on both sides of that, you know, coin – and you just move on. It's like, you can't sit here and keep whining about it. It gets nowhere, but for an entire day, (laughs) but that's what I'm saying. It's in, it's like, I caught wind of this around 10 30, 11 this morning. And it's now eight o'clock, excuse me, California, you know, California time, Pacific standard time. And I'm still getting, as we're doing the show, I'm still seeing things pop up in the corner. So-and-so and so commented on this, uh, this post that you're tagged in. It's like, dude, <laughs> it's like, it's been going on for over almost 12 hours now. It's time to let it go. And then you got other people that are the total instigators. I've seen a couple posts where they say, oh, afternoon bump, you know, and it's like, they want to just keep this thread going as long as possible because they love it. They love the drama. Like, I mean, I think that's what some people live for, which, oh yeah, you know, hats off to you if that's what you love. But I mean, my whole thing is just like, dude, this is you know, your issue with this said person. So you need to take it up with that person. If that person doesn't want to take it up with you, put your big boy pants on, move on. I just, you know, I can't stress that enough. It's just like ridiculous. And then the other thing too, which is, you know, also ridiculous is how these admins that run these pages don't do anything about this, you know, like stuff gets pretty, you know, nasty, you know, and they don't do a single thing about it. And it's like, well, You know, like, aren't you guys moderating this stuff? I do like that about the element page that it's moderated pretty well. So I don't know. Like I said, I know this might sound like me getting on my soapbox or saying anything. I'm just saying, you know, as a whole, this does nothing positive for the hobby. Yeah, not at all. It's just a stupid use of time. It really is. So, um, yeah. And like I said, I mean, and also, and this will be the last thing, we can move on to questions. We can do whatever else you guys want to talk about. <laughs> the thing that I thought was funny was one guy said, why don't you be the bigger person and move on? And the original guy who wrote this post, like started this, wrote, I can't. 
What does that tell you? Uh, just people have too much time on their hands, man. So, I mean, uh, yeah, it is what it is. I mean, and, and, and I was joking around about it before the show, but I mean, like, I, I mean, should I be that guy? Should I be a total dick? And when I finally receive these things in the mail, should I like post them up and be like the wheels that broke Facebook? Like, <laughs> you know, I mean, over a set of wheels for a hobby. I mean, this is supposed to be a hobby. I mean, it's just out of control. Yeah, I can't quite fathom that mindset whatsoever. Like, it just makes no sense to me. That's too bad. So, yeah, well, it is what it is. Like I said, I don't care, you know, because, like I said, I got bigger and better things to worry about. So, you know, this is my hobby. So, that's what I enjoy doing. That's why I enjoy doing this podcast with you guys. Cause it's a hobby, you know, we're not, you know, well, I got to watch how I say this. We're not getting paid for this. I know there are Patreons that are paying, but as you can see, right. we are turning, we're turning that money, that profit into rigs or, you know, so far a rig to give away. Um, so it's not like we're even still really profiting off of it. Yeah, exactly. No, we're we're not getting rich. This is just something for fun, and the giveaway is just a way to give back is all. So it did exactly. occur to me, though, I posted something about it, about using the whole $459 budget, and some guy kind of, like, laughed at it, and I was thinking about it, and I was like, you know, that actually kind of makes sense in a way because that doesn't buy you very much, but he's not factoring in that we – you know, for, for the most part, have like industry connections that will help us be able to put something together that, you know, for a lot. It'll be worth, yeah, and it'll be worthwhile. I mean, yeah, it'll be a lot less than what the public would normally be. Yeah, but I mean, so it'll go a lot longer and people, the money will go further than what people think. But it's not just that, and they and they shouldn't look at it that way. The other way they should look at it too is it's like you know what, what regardless if you win and see, and I think that's what people are really missing nowadays is regardless if it was you know a twenty dollar you know uh, RC part to a four hundred dollar RC car, you have a chance to win something. Okay. Yes, you have some skin in the game. You're a patron. You know, that's how you're going to be entered in ours. But if you think about it, even if you're the dollar patron that just puts in a dollar, okay, for a dollar, your risk is you can walk away with a $400 rig. I mean, I don't know why you're going to like, you know, bash and laugh at that. Yeah. There, it's just the way some people are. There was some backlash over the, element trail runner giveaway and stuff that was super childish too just i don't know it's just it it's a tense time everybody's like got a lot of pent-up aggression and stuff and are frustrated with the general state of things and i think we're seeing a lot of that spill over into the rc world unfortunately yeah but whatever well should we dive into the questions why not hey let's do it all right. Um, first one is from Rich Morgan. He says, 
What RC tools do you guys use? Racers are pretty particular, so I'm willing to guess what Travis uses. But scalers are <laughs> all over the board with brands. <laughs> mm. Not only do I use MIPs in uh, racing and crawling, but I also use MIPs at work. So I use them everywhere. But, uh, yeah, I mean, what do you guys use? Jay, you want to answer this first? Um, I I have a set of MIPs that I've had for a couple of years, and I think I've, well, not a couple of years, like a, a very long time, like probably seven or eight years. And uh, I think I've replaced two of them during that amount of time. But recently I uh, have those in a box for like my just permanent work area at home. And then I've got some ProTech ones that I just got, which are their gray ones with the uh, hand, the holes in the handles. And uh, I've been using those for the last few months and I, I really like them. They're super comfortable and so far I've held up really well. So it's ProTech and MIP are my first choices. Okay, so am I like the only like non cool guy that doesn't use MIP? Am I using Harbor Freight? No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not that. <laughs> you know, but um, no. Um, honestly, I'm using uh, the Dynamite stuff. Um, basically, I got when I got into the hobby. I don't even think MIP had tools at the time. I I, I know the drive shafts came out two maybe three years ish eh, about two years after i got into the hobby i noticed that your drive their drive shafts were like you know becoming really popular and i don't think it was till like a, shortly after that they came out with the tools um but uh, i've always used dynamite um just because like i said my buddy at the hobby shop was like you know best bang for your buck you can get like the four piece kit for like 20 25 bucks you get the 1.5 the two the 2.5 and actually the one kit i had went all the way up to three which i know is not too common with the crawlers um i do know that like when i was working on um my slash and stuff they do go up that high so you will use the larger um tools for that but for most crawlers it's the two you know and 1.5 are the common ones um i think the wraith had a handful of the 2.5 but anyways um uh, yeah, so it's been dynamite. I mean, I and then I know I replaced those with another set of the dynamite, and then because they're so cheap, I got a third set of the. I think they're like the red anodized ones, and I keep those in my trail bag. And the other thing I use is actually is that also a dynamite? I think it is, or is it Losi? I think Losi came out with it first, but then I think dynamite kind of like copied and did the same thing. It's that tool where all the bits. Fit mm. in the little holder and it goes in the handle. Yeah, I have that because it's great for like a safe spacer or the space saver. Like so, like when you're out on trail, you can stick it in your backpack. You got, you know, and you don't have to carry a ton of stuff. Um, I have that also because those drivers fit in my little um, Dewalt. Like I guess what can you, what do you call it? a gyro screwdriver? I guess is the best way you can describe it basically it's a little um dewalt powered screwdriver like it's not like a drill it doesn't go that fast but it works off the motion of your wrist so if you turn your wrist clockwise it starts driving the screw if you do counterclockwise it starts 
reversing the screw. So it's kind of cool. And how far you throw your hand is how fast it'll do it in either direction. So it, they, those bits fit in there. So that's kind of why I also keep that handy. But uh, those are pretty much the only tools I use. I, I actually, in my pack, I have like two little toolkits. So I've got one of the dynamite like folding metric sets. It's like in its little like pouch shaped like a book and it's Mm -hmm. got like the ratcheting handle and stuff. So I've got one of those and then I've also got a a main trail keg and that's like my bare minimum stuff. So like if I'm not going on a long like hike or something, I'll, you know, and I'm just kind of like staying locally to an area. I use the trail keg that has one of those multi bit drivers in it. Like what you're talking about, like the low C one and a couple other little things. So, um, the trail kegs like the size of a really like it's the shape of a water bottle but it's maybe like half as tall and so it just kind of fits in a little side pocket and then it frees up space for like camera gear and stuff like that so yeah it's um yeah i totally space the stuff that i actually keep with me in my bag but not the other super high quality stuff but stuff to get no. the job done no i get what you're saying and i think the other two the other drivers that i have the only ones that aren't dynamite are my team associated and they are only the very small ones like the 0.5 and i forget what the other one is Dude, that size sucks every time i use a driver that, like i have an mip one of those like i'm so paranoid i can round something off because it's like the smallest screw ever but uh, it's the 0.5 and then there's another one it's basically i really only use them when i'm working well when i did work on vanquish wheels um because that hardware takes that mm-hmm. but i forget what the other size is all i know is that i mean and maybe you guys know all i know is that one is silver and one is black that is all i know so i don't know what the two sizes are i probably could look it up while we're chit-chatting but um and I'm sure there's somebody listening that goes, oh, you dummy, I already know what those are based off the colors you said. <laughs> I do like how MIP color code stuff with their drivers. I think that's really handy. Yeah, it's nice. Um, next question is, uh, Nick LaRusso, when mixing different brands of paint for a paint job, what are the do's and don'ts? I don't back Tamiya with Brand X and so on. Mm. Um, I will say this because I started at the suggestion of uh, Brad Geck and Jade Warburton. I started using 2X on some stuff, and I've had it react poorly with Tamiya Lexan paint before. Um, however, I've used Tamiya's Matte Clear on stuff, let it dry completely, and then have... Um, use just any and every kind of spray paint there is over the top of that and haven't had anything get weird. So I, I don't know. I, I would have to say like, if, if you can avoid mixing stuff, do it, you know, or test it first on a little scrap Alexa and, you know, like before you cut the body out and stuff. Yeah. Uh, real quickly, only because I found it. It's point. It's the point um, five zero and the one sixteenth. That's so the silver's point um, point zero five zero, and the black is the one sixteenth inch. Uh, those are the two. Those are the two that I have from Team Associated, and it looks like you couldn't even get these tools anymore. They're discontinued, uh, according to the website. 
but that's that. Um, so painting, I've always, it's like a, it is kind of like a trial sometimes. Like if you haven't used the colors, I learned the hard way years ago. I mean, we're going like six, seven years ago. Um, so to, Tamiya makes a, what they call a window tint paint. Um, and the problem that I found out, which I didn't know until after I used it, if you don't back, which is, I guess, another way for saying sealing your colors, if you don't back whatever color you painted, it the tint will bleed through. I felt so bad. Michelle's dad had this uh, red F250 or 350 body. Um, it's an old Proline body that I don't think you can get anymore. I think it was the, the four-door version. They had a four-door and an extended cab. But anyways, and... I, um, and it was red and it was beautiful. And, you know, he was running it, yada, yada, yada. And he's like, well, I want my windows tinted. So I said, all right, well, I didn't think anything of it. Cause at the time my truck was a black Chevy. So when I tinted the windows, if it, I guess if it did bleed through, I never saw it because it was a black vehicle. So we take his body off and, you know, I just kind of give it a little, you know, with the spray can. And next thing you know, I'm looking at the side of the cab and you could just see this black, like leaching through the paint. And I'm going, what the heck is going on? Like, that was the first time I ever learned anything about bleeding and anything, you know, like I just thought, you know, once it dried, it was it, it was dried. I didn't think anything could eat through it. So, um, yeah, so there are some colors you need to like kind of learn. And that's actually when my buddy, uh, Chris Wong at Talbot hobbies at the time, kind of taught me the basis of what he called sealing it so like if you painted with like that red if you backed it with either he liked to back it with silver so use just like a generic silver um he said for some reason the silver and the white seem to like lock everything in um so um he always just recommended backing it with one of those two colors um and you'd be pretty good but even after that i got kind of nervous so i used to like Ma like reverse mask and only leave the windows available if I was going to tint them. Um, and that's really about it. I mean, I've also had some other weird stuff happen. Like I've gone through like the normal steps of like prepping your body, like actually like washing it with like warm soap and water. And then like, I'll let it dry for like a day and a half and then I'll make sure it's all clean and I'll still have weird things where like you'll paint and then like I'm masking off for another section. And when you go to peel the, and, you know, and I've let the paint dry for like a, a day. And when you go to mask it off and actually the recent happened with my, um, my B17 Betty body, I masked off to paint the jerry cans red. And when I peeled off the masking, which was, like I said, I painted the green the day before and I was peeling some of it off and it was pulling like tiny, like, you know, maybe the biggest one was like, a 16th of an inch, if that like little, you know, like speck of green came off and I'm going, okay, I prepped everything and I, it's been all backed with silver and everything. Why the hell is it peeling the whole thing off? So I don't know. Some bodies are just weird and you know, they take more to adhere others, not so much, but that's really like my only uh, tip and trick. It's kind of like what you said, test it. It's always a good thing to test. I mean, the other thing I've always found too is I typically cut my bodies out before I paint them. I don't paint them, then cut them out. So what I usually do is I'll save those little, the pieces that you cut out and I use those as like my test, like, you know, the, the wheel openings and stuff. Those are like a nice, pretty decent 
size piece of Lexan so you can like test with things and kind of see what's going to happen, then lay the paint down because there's nothing worse than being like in the middle of painting and you're like, oh God, this thing is all messed up now. Yeah, that's that and like cleaning it too is a huge thing. Like I've had a couple, <coughs> excuse me, I've had a couple bodies lately that have uh, fish eyed really bad. So I don't know. So I, I think Proline's using some sort of a silicone spray as a mold release when they're doing these. And man, oh man, like you got to clean it and then clean it again and clean it again. And I, it's really been kind of frustrating. Hmm. Yeah. Um, the only, the only thing I was going to say is overspray. Like when you accidentally get a little bleed, I've learned when it's f- like the fresher, the better have a little bit of um, nail polish remover and Q-tips and just kind of like lightly just kind of rub that area and just kind of keep pulling it away. Don't like sit there and rub it in because if that nail polish goes into what you've already painted, you're going to ruin that. So, and then, you know, keep using like a new edge of the, q-tip or flip it over or whatever and eventually you can kind of get it pretty good like i mean at least that's the luck i've had so once it's kind of like set for too long it's pretty much done yeah um nick larosa had another one he said uh <laughs> did adam get a new set of wheels <laughs> Uh, I think I saw that one. Everybody's got like jokes. Yes. Or something. Yes. yes, I did get a new set of wheels. Oh, joy. Uh, Jeremy Kim, he says, I'm planning on building a hauling rig from my SCX 10.2 so I can get a trailer for it to show off the drift walker. So I was wondering how I would go about starting a build to create a hauler rig. Gosh, I don't know. Just like you build anything else, really, I guess. I mean, I I would definitely look at, like, what your hitch options and bumper options are. I know there's a couple of companies that make um, bumper mounts that have receivers built into them for a hitch. But um, really, I mean, that I think a lot of it's just going to depend on the body that he decides to go with and what is available that's going to look right on it. Yeah, that's pretty much what I would like, um, you know, kind of like add in is the fact that you kind of got to pick what you want. And um, it comes down to like kind of being like how much of a stickler are you going to be with like your tow rig? Um, Are you going to pick, you know, a Toyota Hilux to be your tow rig in the real world? You probably wouldn't. You'd probably go with like, you know, a three quarter ton truck, you know, a Ford, Chevy, Dodge, you know that nature so i would start with something like that find a body you really like go that route um and then remember it's gonna be a hauler so you really don't need to go all crazy with the crawler mods on it um you just kind of come up with a way how are you gonna do a hitch um if you actually plan on using the hitch um i forget what company makes it is it yeah racing somebody makes a decent like 
um, hitch that'll actually like work. It'll go into its little like receiver that bolts up to the chassis rails and all that stuff. I um, mean, it actually has like a decent drop and it works. And I think you can actually hook something up to it and it's not going to break. Um, I did the mistake of using an RC four wheel drive pintle hook for something one time. And I thought like, Oh, this is cool. You know, I'm going to use it. And da, 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 da. I think I took off once and the thing sheared right off. I was like, you know, and you kind of feel like, you know, sick to the stomach at that point. Cause you're like, well, I just spent 50 bucks on this setup and um, it just shattered. So um, there are some companies that are, they're totally for looks and there's others that really do work. And then um, I guess the other, uh, you know, question you got to ask yourself is um, are you able to fabricate anything yourself? Because you could make stuff. I've done it in the past, um, you know, make yourself a hitch that you can actually, put on the truck and take off if you're going to use the truck for actually like crawling and stuff and not just hauling. Um, and then the trailer is actually really not that hard. Um, you, the easiest way to do it is to find a way to make, like if you're doing like a tandem axle trailer, make sure that the wheels, um, all four corners roll independently, um, almost kind of make your own, kind of like stub axle. Uh, I've just found this to be a lot easier when you have the wheels connected, when you want to turn, it does some funky stuff. It's almost like having, well, it's like having your lockers on, on the street. It like, you know, the outside's spinning slower than the inside. So you start getting in this hop and it starts like, you know, skidding as you're turning. So um, if you can keep them all moving independently, you'll get the best action out of it. Um, and that's really about it. I mean, if, if you can fabricate, you can almost, you know, bolt and, you know, use the RC screws and stuff and actually bolt, um, a trailer together. You could, if you have a, access to a welder or if you can solder, you can, you know, weld or solder the frame together. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much where I would start. Um, is just start with like a body that, you know, you want to run, come up with a hitch design and then go from there. There are a couple plastic bumpers that do have hitches. Um, he could depend, it all depends on the body, of course, but he could look at the axial XJ rear bumper that has a receiver in it. And then the Vanquish VS410 Pro has a uh, receiver on the plastic bumper too. And then there was something I thought of after I had commented on this. Um, I would probably recommend going one or two steps stiffer on the rear springs because the couple times that I've driven with a trailer, it just really amplifies the torque twist like something severe. And so it looks really silly when you're trying to drive it because it's like all tucked down in one corner and trying to lift up a front tire, you know, depending on the weight of what you're pulling, especially if he's got, you know, the drift walker is a fairly heavy rig, you know, with that metal cage and everything. Um, so I definitely look at doing stiffer springs too. Yeah, that's a good point too. Cause you don't want the thing to squat and all that. Yeah. It, I mean, it just takes a torque twist and makes it like twice as bad as it normally would be. So something to look out for. Cool. Um, and he says, that reminds me, is it me or is Jay's lizard in some kind of lizard gang or something with the way he throws his arm up like that? <laughs> <laughs> what set you claiming? <laughs> um, Elliot Chappelle, he says, 
Do you think we'll see a complete overhaul new car from Element in the next year or two? The Enduro is a very nice proven platform, and there's nothing I'd change, to be honest. But new versions of an existing car leave some people wanting more. 6x6, Rock Buggy, Monster Truck, what are your thoughts? Um, You know, I don't really know what they have in store. As far as I know... For the next year, I thought it was supposed to be element platform stuff is what they've said. Um, or enduro platform, I mean. Um, I don't know. I hope they don't go through and like completely revamp what they've got going on because I, I honestly like the fact that it's pretty minimalistic when you compare the chassis to like the SCX-10.3, the TRX-4, um, even the red cat, like there's just a lot of plastic and other things integrated that you can't easily remove to strip something down. If you're doing like a comp build or doing something kind of custom. So I, I, I prefer the minimalistic design of the Enduro platform for that reason, because I feel like you have a lot more options. I mean, they have, you know, inner fenders that you can get for it and everything else so that when a body's on it, it looks, you know, nice and scale and everything. Um, but I do, I do like the fact that they don't have, you know, all this molded plastic all over it that makes it difficult or, you know, that you have to like chop up if you want to change the location or something. So that can be kind of a pain. So hopefully they'll just stick to the tried and true proven formula that they've got going on. Yeah. Um, Andre Campos, he says, uh, if you have chosen a platform for the giveaway truck, what is it? It is an Element Enduro Builder's Kit. Sweet. Which actually, can I just um, uh, interject one little thing? Yeah, of course. Andre, actually, he reached out to me last night and said if there's anything we need that he can help provide or donate to the giveaway he's oh, more cool. than to. so just right that. you know that was something i actually thought about the other day i was like we should make a post saying you know hey if you have a rc business or something and you would like to see your product on this you know get a hold of us um obviously we can't do everything because it's got to like fit the theme of the build you know but um if somebody does have something that they think would be cool for it, then I think that, uh, that would be, that would be pretty rad. Um, we did kind of decide on the fact that it's going to be kind of a, a scale truck, you know, like a trail truck, um, most likely, you know, tiny tires and fairly, you know, scale realistic. So it's not going to be, you know, like serious, serious crawler or anything like that. Um, so, that that's a little information that can maybe help somebody decide if they want to contribute or not. Yeah. Um, yeah. So let's see. Uh, Chris Trudeau, he says any plans for either Jay or Adam to do a hard body build in 2021. I know Adam has plans. Well, that's why I was waiting to see if you were going to say anything before I just sat there. I, man, I don't have anything on deck that would require a hard body for at least the next six months, probably. <laughs> I, I really don't know if I, I don't know. It, they're just, I've mentioned it before. It's just not conducive to the type of driving that I like to do. So, 
So my whole thing is, remember the rig I showed you with the cheetah print seat? Yes. Okay, so that clawed body build, that was like one of my first, I guess you could say like kind of like one-off-ish custom like you know builds like i wanted to you know do something different you know i pinched the front end dovetailed the rear rear um you know welded up some you know stuff anyways um and i really liked that rig i liked the way it looked i liked the way it worked it was you know a stout little rig um the only thing that i dislike about it is the fact that it's you know the clawed body is a 112th looking you know, body, it's really tiny. And when you put it like next to the SCX 10 three Jeep, it makes it look like it should be an S 10. Um, it's just a really tiny body. So I had it in my mind. I said, you know what? And I always called that rig, the beater. That was the first time I took, like I heated up the plastic, you know, with like a lighter. And then like I'd roll tools into it to make it look like you like run it up against some rocks and whatnot. And I said, you know, I want to make like a beater 2.0, but I want it to be super scale. I said that one was all linked and, you know, it's got high clearance links and all this, that, and the other stuff, because that was on the SCX 10, the original platform. So like you were trying all kinds of things to make it a better crawler. I said, knowing what I know now, could I make a rig that is least sprung and still perform halfway decent? And I said, I still want it to be a hard body. So my goal is RC foil drive, blazer body, get the cab conversion for it to turn into a pickup truck, probably still pinch and dovetail it and go from there. But that is definitely a hard body I have in the works. Um, I'm gathering parts as we speak. The other hard body has been like a ongoing, you know, uh, project is um, my buddy Todd was supposed to print out a 71 K 20, pickup truck that was supposed to look like my dad's first work truck that he had when he started the business. And I was going to make a replica, same thing, leaf sprung, you know, the lumber rack, all that. Um, but he's been taking forever to get the body done. So I said, in the meantime, this will get my, you know, itch kind of, you know, figured out. So if all I did, like if, if I did driving, like axial fest, like that kind of driving, I wouldn't be opposed to having a hard body but that's, we don't really have that here. Yeah. I mean, you'd be surprised. I mean, the, the, the hard bodies do hold up a lot better than like some people, you know, think they do. Um, obviously really high, really tall drops are going to be pretty catastrophic for the body, but for the most part, they hold up pretty well. So, um, and especially well, with like, repair them too, which is nice. Well, see, that's the other thing I was going to say. The other cool thing is because I'm like, especially with the builds I'm doing, well, the K20 will be different, but this one, since it's going to be like that trail beat up rig, you know, it happened actually on the clawed body. I hit the court, the rear quarter panel a certain way and it put a crack in it. So what I actually did was I sanded it and put some of that skim coat um, Bondo on it and then kind of like sanded it again and just left it. So that way it kind of had to look like he tried to repair something, but it was still, you know, there. So um, it just kind of adds to the character. I, I saw a guy this week who bobbed a bed on a trailfinder body and he actually left like the seam and he made it look like it had been ground out, welded, 
and then rusted over like they just never did anything after that and it looked really really cool he did a great job on it i wish i could remember who it was but it, it looked rad yeah i've seen that i've seen that kind of work on a lot of rigs and it, and it works really well and i think it's kind of cool because you know there are some people that do that you know and the one-to-one world they just you know they bob the bed and that's it they just weld it back together and they run it yeah so. exactly let it rust whatever um chris also asks has travis lost call into the dark side uh drag racing <laughs> yeah <laughs> but we knew we knew this was coming so it's okay oh yeah definitely so it's uh good way for him to get his racing fix well <laughs> yeah i mean we've also i think God, it's almost the end of january now i didn't even realize this we've only recorded once this year and we didn't record i think since the second week of december so yeah, we're just busy. <laughs> so he's he's got his drag racing thing going on since King of the Streets is only a month away. So, um, and then thoughts on the new drag race bodies from J-Con and Proline. I don't know. I haven't, I haven't seen J-Con one. I saw the Proline truck. I like the, I don't know. I, I like that I rock a lot, but I think... I think my favorite still is the uh, is that Nova. Yeah, it's just so hard to beat that. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, in many ways, it's just my opinion. But in many ways, the drag race bodies all get kind of like played out really quick because I mean they're just all. There's not many. I I mean there is and there isn't many to choose from. It kind of depends. They're just not that exciting to me. It's like touring car bodies, you know? Right. Where, I right. mean, touring cars kind of gone its own way and that everything just looks silly now, but it's like there's nothing really exciting about any of those, you know? I mean, I guess off-road is getting closer and closer to that, but there were a couple of bodies throughout the throughout the years that were just, like, really kind of cool-looking if, you know, you did them upright on a car. Um but, I mean, really, it's like only crawlers these days you can get really, like, that excited about a body on, in, in my opinion. Um, yeah, that's true. I, I like the drag racing bodies that either look like, you know, something that is a fiberglass body that's currently been ran, you know? Yeah. Or, like, or scale-looking ones, you know, like the Barracuda and stuff. Like, I hope they keep stuff scale and they don't all turn into spaceships like off-road. That Barracuda is actually pretty cool. I forgot about I that like, one. I like that one a lot. That's I forgot definitely about that one. my favorite. Yeah. So I like that one. Um, yeah. I mean, that's that's kind of it for me. I don't know if there's anything to add to that. Um, and then oh, I'm going to butcher your last name. Uh, we're going to go with Benjamin. Um, he says, I want to recreate my grandfather's 92 Toyota, and I found a body that is very close to it. So my question is on the painting it has a design down the side of the truck. What is the best way to make a template to help me not make a mess of it? So you could do the old, uh, you can do the old, uh, old school method before people had vinyl plotters and were able to, you know, cut out masks and whatnot. Um, you can just run some sort of like, 
painter's tape like frog tape um i probably go with frog tape the edges usually come out a little bit nicer than the blue tape but if all you have is blue tape you can do blue tape as well um i am assuming this is a hard body correct because i don't believe unless he's what talking year, about what year was it what do you say 92 toyota could it be the um the Trying to blank now. I What's don't. I don't know. Um, let me see if I can. I don't think it's Proline because the SR5 is in 1985. I think the Forerunner is in 94, or 97, or something. Yeah, like but what that. about the Metric? The Metric's a Tacoma. Oh. It's it's like a late model Tacoma. Uh, he posted. If you guys go back to the thread. That he asked the question on, he he responded. Oh wait, no, that was Chris Trudeau responding. Never mind. I'm okay, I was gonna say I was gonna go look. Um, I'm just okay. So either way, I mean, this method works either way. I was just saying, um, if it, you know, if it's a hard body, you put the you put the tape on the outside, you draw the design that you want, and then you just take your time with an exacto blade and trace it out, peel it off and voila, you have your design. Um, if you're doing it on a Lexan, you could do the same thing. You just have to remember it's going to be reversed. So you do it on the inside of the body and you cut it the opposite direction. Cause when you stare at it, you know, you're going to be doing it mirrored when you're inside the body. Cause on the outside of the body, it's going to look the way you want it to look. Now, there is another way that I've seen people do this too is they'll draw out on a piece of paper what they want the design to be and then they'll tape that to the inside of the body and then they'll draw with a sharpie um, they'll trace onto the paint mask on the outside of it this is on Lexan obviously but mm-hmm. um, they'll trace that and then they'll use either masking tape or liquid mask and then you know you've got your lines drawn on the body so you can just cut it all out so I've seen people do that too now that's something i've never tried is i've never messed with the liquid mask stuff i know there are some people that do that like if you watch oh what is his name it's a pain in the ass dude i think his name's like is it like sick rc or sick paint jobs or something sr something paint jobs i don't know there's a guy i follow on instagram not um suit scale painting and not the other there's another guy that's out there um but Maybe it's SKG. That's it. SKG posts up a lot of pictures of like what he'll do is exactly like what Jay was saying was he'll draw out the design on the outside of the, of the body on the, you know, protective film. And then he'll write down the color of what that little inside of that design is supposed to be. And then he'll do the liquid mask from the inside and then paint. And then I guess you remove it and then do that again. And, you know, yeah, you just keep peeling it off that way. Yeah, it's I've messed with liquid mask a little bit. Like I don't have the steadiest hands though, and so it's really hard for me to cut straight lines. Um, but I mean, a lot of people do it. It does take a long time to dry though, I've noticed. And like you can screw up and have it too thin too. And I, I don't know. It's I, I would prefer to just use masking tape. Honestly, like this, the masking tape I like is a, uh, it's a bright green 3M automotive masking tape that's used in regular paint shops. Not, uh, it's not typically something you can find at the hardware store. It's funny that we're talking about this because I was just scrolling through it. Like I'm still on my Facebook hiatus. So everything in my newsfeed is like weeks old, but I Mm -hmm. just scrolled past, um, Christy Graff's uh, Flying Dutchman paint job 
ridiculous that he just that he posted on the like two days ago now yeah oh my god that thing's cool that's insane detail i knew that he could paint like i've seen him paint really cool stuff but that thing is like above and beyond anything i've seen him crank out like it's wild looking yeah that's amazing yeah it it looks really good I think that's for like a SMT 10 and pro line collaboration monster truck build off. No, it makes sense. Yeah. I was going to say, if you watch his, if he follows YouTube, he it's for, yeah, it's his monster truck thing that he's doing. So, um, yeah, no, he, and it, and actually if you watch some of his videos, he's like really talented with a lot of this stuff. Like he actually, I think it was with the SCX 10 three gladiator. He was like, we're going to add some more scale detail to this, but we're not going to use stickers. We're not going to use this. And he actually will mask off the windows and leave the little line, the little black line, like through the door and everything. And he'll do all those with paint. So gnarly. I mean, like, it just blows your mind when you watch some of this stuff because you're just like. Painting is a patient man's game. Oh, yeah. And I am not patient. (laughs) Um, and then let's see. Scooter Scott, is it me or the 3D printed scale market flooded with subpar prints? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it has yes. been since the day it started. Absolutely. Okay. I'm not going to compare like you know companies, and I'm not going to compare well because it's like you know years apart. But like, let's just put it this way: I just got some stuff from you know Todd. You know, and it was, I know it's not the same printer. It's his, what's his printer? The one where it's like in it. Oh, the resin printer? Resin printer. And he, uh, you know, and he made me some stuff and like, you see it and you're just like, whoa, this just, just blows your mind. And then I happened to be moving some stuff in my scale garage to put it up on the shelves, um, for a photo op. (laughs) And I was looking at the other stuff that I had up there and I didn't realize how crappy it looked until I held it next to the current stuff. Like I said, and one is a actual like normal, you know, printer where it goes through, you know, where it's the whole, um, plastic, like, you know, uh, the filament and then it actually melts it and, you know, layers it and all that stuff. And this is a resin printer. I do understand that, but just, I've seen some standard, filament printers that print out super high quality and i mean like i was looking at this and i said wow i can't believe we were blown away with this and this is like five years old yeah it's i don't know as far as scale accessories and stuff go you know things that aren't structural at all like i would absolutely not buy anything but something that's been resin printed just because of the difference in quality. I mean, like you're saying, it makes the other stuff look like it's made out of Legos or something like it's just the, it's night and day difference. But yeah. um, Yeah. Like I said, it's night and day difference, but like, even like I said, putting the years apart, because I think I bought like the stuff, the original scale stuff that I had in the garage back in like 2015, 2016, I want to say around 2015. And like looking at the stuff now, it's like night and day difference. Yeah. 
Yeah, pretty wild. Um, and then our last question is from Stephen Haywood. He says, what's a good motor to run in the gatekeeper? I have an Enduro with an 1800 KV, but I want my gatekeeper faster, maybe like scale ultra four speed. Oh, I would go with something around 3000 KV if he wants to do that. Like I think 1800 is going to be a little bit slow, but like a three, like I have a Tekken 3100 KV that I run off of a three cell and my gatekeeper with their RX4 ESC. And it's like, Oh my God, fast. So, I mean, I, th- I think that's what he wants, you know, something that can crawl good and still have some top end speed and not build a lot of heat. So if, if I was him, I would go, like I said, 3000, 3100 range. Um, and then the, the gearing that I've been the most happy with and not had any heat issues at all was 2878, 28 spur and, uh, or excuse me, 28 pinion, 78 spur. So that's a good setup for the gatekeeper. I was going to say, I have no experience with the gatekeeper, so I wouldn't be able to tell you. It just takes a little more poop just because it's, you know, it's it's a crawler drivetrain. So you got to do some re-gearing to get her to go fast. Yeah, that's it for questions. Wow. So what did we decide on this giveaway? Let's talk about the giveaway for a little bit here since we probably got a little bit of time on our hands. Um, did we decide on going with a Proline Toyota 4Runner? Is that what we decided? C. So we got that. We've got an interior. I guess we can kind of let everybody kind of we'll fill them in on what we got going on. So we've got, like we mentioned earlier, the Enduro Builders Kit coming. Um we will have inner fenders on it, you know, to keep it nice and scale looking. So I'll probably bedliner those like I've done my other ones. It's held up really good. Um, Travis and I is like full bodied, like more trail rigs all have the inner fenders on them from element. So that's a cool scale detail. Um, I ordered a Magnaflow muffler for it and I'll do the little trick that I did on uh, mine and also on that trail runner giveaway where I cut the tip off of it that's molded in and then make a carbon you know I cut some carbon fiber tubing to make the tip and then slide it over and then paint it all and everything so um, do that so what else um, I bought the screws the upper shock mounting screws from the gatekeeper so that you don't need washers on the upper shock mounts anymore on it so it'll have the gatekeeper shock hardware so that'll be really nice and clean looking because they're a really broad head, um, like uh, Traxxas and Axial's um, servo screws that they use. Screws for mounting their servos, real broad head on them. Um, then we got an interior for it. We got a PLT interior that we'll throw in it, which is like gold because that's been discontinued. Um, yeah, and then Proline's whatever your that i'm looking it up right now whatever year that foreigner is it's like a 94 97 i forget it's the sr5 like the early beginning sr5 91 yeah yeah so 91 um so yeah and i don't know i don't know if you want to build bumpers for it oh wait i i brought i got uh trail runner sliders so it's got like the nice looking sliders like what uh 
I've been putting on everything that's like a tube style instead of just a big flat piece of plastic. So we got those coming for it too. Nice. Um, yeah, I mean, I can build bumpers. Um, you know, maybe this could be a collab if, uh, you know, if Andre wants to, you know, supply bumper parts and weld them, you know, and I'll weld them up or vice versa. Um, I wouldn't really be supplying, I wouldn't really be supplying for him. He'd probably end up doing it himself. Um, but yeah, we can do something like that. And also we did not go over the fact that we did decide that it's going to be a one five, five wheel and tire to keep it scale looking. Exactly. Yeah. That was the next thing I was going to talk about. Cool. Um, yeah, that's what we got to figure out. It's like, sorry, I'm putting chew in. Um, we, uh, we kind of got to figure out like we know it's going to be tiny tire, but we need to nail down like what tire and what wheel and everything. Did we discuss that the other night? Yeah, but we were looking at, um, what was it? The RC four wheel drive. What was it? Mickey Thompson's. Is that yes. what you're looking at? Yes. Let me go back to our chit chat. Cause those looked really good. The good years looked really good too. Um, it would be cool to just use a smaller wheel instead of just regular 1.9s on this. Especially since we're going to try and, you know, get it like ultra scale. We'll probably do a night customs grill. On it. That's an important thing to mention. When we were looking at the Pitbull um, 155, the Raceline Clutch. Yeah, we just couldn't decide on the color or anything i thought we said the gray oh we, that's because we we're waiting on the color scheme we were going with yeah which i can't decide like the 90s theme would totally work on this rig like the 90s kind of mini trucking theme but i i don't know if we want to do that I've, I've had quite a few people like asking me when that's going to be available um i don't know if that's something we want to do i don't know Okay, sorry. I had to blow my schnoz. Um, Ew. Yeah, I know. That's why I had to go mute the microphone and walk away. Um, yeah, we could do the 90s, or we could do, like, I don't know, we could do, like, some, like, crazy animal theme, like highlighter colors with, like, zebra print. <laughs> I wonder if we should, like, go all out on the interior, too, and, like, do some minor upholstery work and stuff like that. Shag headliner. You know what I should do? Actually, I should do a stereo in it. You should, because you're really good at it. That would be kind of neat to have tunes in this thing too. Somebody'd probably be stoked on that. And those yeah. speakers are cheap. They're like twenty bucks. So it's like who cares? And you know, what you know what we'll do. We'll get um, like a little MP3 player and we'll upload a bunch of our uh, podcast to it, and they can just play our podcast in loop while they're driving around. <laughs> I wouldn't wish that on anyone. I don't know why you guys even listen to us to begin with. Uh, Nothing informative. Uh, we can be at times. I'm trying to think what else. We should talk to, we should maybe get some, well, if it's not really a crawler, why do rock lights? Unless we're doing the 90s theme and then go with some like super disco looking obnoxious under undercarriage lighting, you know? You mean like some like ones that like, dude, there you go. Like See, neon tubes back in the day, you know? I could probably, 
see if we should see if Manny could put some sort of something with his lit LEDs, some sort of controller that'll go off the music since you're making a scale stereo. So as the stereo is going, it'll pulsate to the song that's playing. I've seen, so I've done that before. And what I did is I used a really low voltage LED to, um, I connected it to the speaker leads and I didn't have any issues with it, like changing the resistance too bad to where it like made stuff get hot. But what I've done in the past is just pulled off the speaker leads to make it flash when it's going. That might be cool. I just don't know if I could pull that off because it'd be kind of neat to have like the amp rack or something in it like light up because I was going to do kind of like 90s style like amp under plexiglass in the back with a subwoofer box and stuff. That'd be kind of cool. I agree. So I'll add that because I actually found one that's pretty good, but it'll look like a scale set of like 15s or something in the back of it. It'll be pretty funny. Because I do know he does have a set of lights that are called party lights. Hmm. Are they interior or exterior, like under cage? Or they're under- just they're just like little LEDs. So I'm sure you can stick them wherever you want. Is it like a string of them or something? Like what makes no, them, just, what makes them party just, is what I want to know. I think because what they do is I think they just kind of like pulsate on their own. Like I think they're a it's a changing, so it'll keep changing the color to whatever the two colors are. Um, I'll probably I'll have to play with them. I got a set. Um, he threw them in there with one of my orders. I haven't found anything to put them on yet, and I haven't really tried them out yet either. So maybe I'll grab them, and I'll put a 9-volt to them and see what they do. I got a set of his rock lights for the built-to-party SR5, and oh, my God, are they cool. Like, you got to kind of plan where you put them because the cases for them are fairly big. But, I mean, like, once I figured out where I was going to stick them and stuff, it turned out really good. So, I, I can't wait. Did, like, really obnoxious yellow and pink, and I, like, staggered them. So, like, each corner's a different color, you know? So, it's, like, offset. Like, total 90s mini truck is kind of what I'm going for with that thing. So, those were pretty neat. I was That's the first time I'd ordered anything from Manny and definitely top-notch customer service and fast shipping and his product is rad and i really haven't seen anything else like it out there yeah the cool thing is he's actually really like i guess what's the word like he's really stepped it up like when he first started it was like you just got basically lights that were you had to kind of solder together he would solder like a plug onto it for you and this that and the other now he's actually making like vehicle kits like they're actually all pre-soldered he'll put a lead on it sometimes he'll ask i think he'll ask you what lead you want because he'll because he does the he does two he'll do the jt the mini jst plug or the uh the balance port plug then when you just do is you just plug it directly into your battery and it's ready to roll. Gotcha. So what we'll need to talk to him about is getting some five millimeter LEDs from him. Then um, I have rear taillight buckets for this forerunner body. And so we can have taillights. And then of course the uh, night customs grill will have all the other stuff, you know, as far as like marker lights and stuff like that. I think those are three millimeters. So I don't know. We'll, we'll, hit him up and talk to him and see what he's got available for that thing. Cause that might be kind of cool. And if we do decide to go with like the nineties theme, I think maybe a set of his rock lights would be pretty cool. 
Yeah. Ex- well, no, we could cut the fender, the f- inner fenders to let the light through. I think we could like reverse mount them. Like put- well, the, the other thing too, is if you just use like, I think he has two versions now. He's got the rock lights that are those squares that you have to like, you said cut. Or if he supplies five millimeter lights and you want to use those as rock lights, I do have those little round led bulb holders for the five millimeter you just drill a little hole in the fender liner and you pop it in there and then you stick the um led in it and it holds just like the the tip of the led past the little holder yeah. so that's what i used on uh project fool's gold the black and gold jk sorry i'm just kind of going all over all this in my head like i <laughs> No, you're just ignoring me, but that's fine. <laughs> no, I think that'd work fine. Like, I definitely think we should do, like, full lighting and stuff. I think that'd be rad. I don't know. I I have mixed feelings about the roof rack. In a way, it might be kind of sick to put the new roof rack off of the trail runner, which is, like, a stock forerunner style tube roof rack. That might look really cool on this thing, doing one of those. Yeah. So I kind of want to avoid doing like a light bar and stuff like that on it. Cause some of that takes away from like how realistic the thing looks, but. Did they make a snorkel for that? Does Knights make a snorkel for the SR5 foreigner? I don't know. I'll say, cause that, that might not look horrible. So you're, th- so yeah, I mean, we could go nineties or overland theme. We could do the whole overland deal and print like a rooftop tent and stuff for it. We'll have to think about that. You know what? How about this? Can we put that question on Patreon? Get a vote? Yeah, I was going to say, if we do it with the general public, it's going to be a nightmare because everybody and their brother is going to have a different like idea of how this thing's supposed to look. Um, well, that's why I would just kind of make it simple. You know, like yeah. I would just put it out like saying, you know, th- these are the two, you know, vote A or B. And then whoever gets the bigger votes is the winner. So I'm pulling up his James's parts for this. He's got a lot with shapeways. So uh, he's got wipers. We could use the wipers off of the trail runner so I could get some of those. Huh. That's interesting. He's got a light version of his grill. There's that's interesting. Wonder what the difference is. I've never seen ones that are labeled light before. What does that mean? Scale detail, five millimeter and a three millimeter. This part differs from the earlier version. It saves cost by reducing the material that was needed to fit directly in the engine bay. You get some great scale look at a lower price. Oh. Well, that's cool. That's only twenty-four bucks versus thirty-five or something. That the other one was thirty eighty-seven. So save a little bit of money there. We could do that and get his lenses and stuff. Pretty excited about this, man. This is going to be pretty cool. This will be fun. Yeah, it'll be a lot of fun. I think I need to buy some Tamiya clear. Um, their TS paint, um, 
because I've used like Rust-Oleum clear before on stuff and it is still kind of foggy looking compared to the stuff that he uses. So I'll pick some of that stuff up. Well, cool. That gives us a little more direction. Yeah. Let's let's so let them decide on the theme. Is that what you're thinking? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Let them decide on the theme. Just do a vote. Okay. I'll do that. And then we can, you know, of course, afterwards share what they decided and stuff. So that'll be cool. Yeah, right on. Good thinking. I like it. Well, I think we pretty much got everything figured out for tonight. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Covered everything we needed to and got a little more of a game plan with our build, which is going to be really fun. So, yeah. Yeah. I like it. Cool. Well, I guess we'll catch everybody next time then. Yep. Right. We'll see you guys next week. See you, everybody.